0: You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Good morning. My name is uh, Daniel. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we are uh, continuing, I guess this would be part two of the uh, you asked for it. Uh, two weeks ago, we started the series, and uh, this is a series based solely on the questions that you you all have asked us. Um, we didn't come up with anything. We didn't plan any, plant any of these questions. This is questions that you all had, and I love this series personally. It's it's an awesome opportunity for us to just hear from you all, but also just to just open up a conversation about some of the things that we may have questions about, some of the things that we're we're curious about. And um so I'm joined this morning by my father-in-law, Dennis. <laughs> Hi. So
1: it's good to be here, Daniel. It's good, it's there could a... be some really
0: awkward tension here. So we'll uh <laughs> I, I, su- I submit to your wisdom. <laughs> and I submit to you as my father-in-law. So this is like mutual submission. <laughs> that's it's like right. we should submit to one we'll another out of reverence time. to Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a verse somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, um, uh, so we're excited about uh, this I morning. I want to say one. No, I'm sorry. Oh no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, share no. Yeah, no, we're just kidding. <laughs> we're going to have a good Man. time today. This is good. this is going to be a challenge. Okay, all right. Uh, so, anyway, because of me or you? Uh, that's I guess to be nameless, <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, so anyway, so this is uh, this is our like I said, our second week. Now, if you missed uh, two weeks ago, uh, we have uh, our sermon series. We have it online. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can go to our website, myelevationcc.org. Uh, we also have uh, a podcast, uh, which is just Elevation Community Church sermons, and so you can look those up. So you can listen to last week's, because we answered about, uh, or not, sorry, two weeks ago, that we answered about six questions, and also we've got uh, we've gotten about thirty questions, and so we are not able to answer all of them up here on the stage, and so. We did a podcast this week, so this week coming up on Tuesday when our podcast normally comes out is a special You Asked For It podcast, so tune into that. Uh, you can uh, download it or listen to it through iTunes or uh, Stitcher or SoundCloud or whatever you use for podcasts, and that podcast name is Weekly Impact Podcast, uh, so that's uh, our podcast so you can subscribe to that, check it out. Uh, we go through a couple other questions too. So. Uh, that's kind of all of the kind of preliminary stuff. Also, if you have any questions that you, uh, have this morning or something that sparks a question, just text it to us, uh, text the question to that number, it'll come up here and we will try to do our best to answer it. We have a couple questions that we already want to answer today from, uh, from stuff that people have already sent in. So if you have any questions, uh, send it to the, uh, to that number, uh, when we'll do our best to try to answer it today, so... Uh, I think you want to go ahead. You want to go ahead and get started. Oh, one more thing. Sorry, Uh, the basis for this sermon series comes out of uh, James one five and six, and it says that if we lack wisdom, James says that if we lack wisdom, all we need to do is ask our generous God, and He won't rebuke us and turn us away. And and so that's really important because I think for me, I grew up in a place where I wasn't able to ask questions. That if I had something that I didn't understand or didn't quite make sense to me, I didn't feel like I had the ability or the freedom to ask any questions about my faith. I just had to accept it the way it was. And, uh, and then when I grew up, I started having some conflicts between what I was taught and what I experienced. And so, uh, and so but, but that's not what God wants. God wants us to ask. If we lack wisdom, all we need to do is ask. But James says that when you ask, you need to ask. And this is in verse 6. But when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. And so when you ask, you have to trust that God has greater wisdom, that you're you're seeking wisdom from God, and what he's going to give you is going to be wisdom that you are going to need and apply to your life. Mm -hmm. If we try to ask God so that he will agree with us, that's probably not going to work out for you very well. And so when you ask, we don't need to ask with this bent to hope that God will say, okay, I'm going to okay your plans for your life. We have to submit to his wisdom. and We have to submit to his knowledge when we ask. Uh, So, so yeah, so that, oh, we've already got a couple questions coming in. That's awesome. Uh, So, anyway, so, yeah, so that's kind of the the start of the series. That's what we wanted to kind of build as a foundation is that it's okay to ask. And you guys are already asking, and that's wonderful. And we want to continue to open up this conversation Uh, during this time so we're going to go ahead and jump right in and we're going to jump in with our first question and our first question is why do you believe so this was just a question that somebody was asking us personally why do we believe and the the person asked like it's good for us to ask this question it's good for us
1: to know why we believe so Dennis why do you believe yeah yeah um Boy, that's a big question for all of us. But I, but I want to share with you that at the age of 12, at November seventh, 1971, I knew as a 12-year-old man that I, young man, that I needed Christ. I needed saved. I was in gangs. I, was a, I had a very a terrible mouth. I was longing for the day when I was old enough to drink. And I was, I just, uh, I was a broken, broken young man. And I just fell on the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just, fell deeply in love with him, and, and I had a, as a 12-year-old man, I had a heart change because I opened up my life fully to him, and he came in. Now, I will say this, Daniel. Um, since then, I was able to build an intellectual base, you know, and, and, um, and the four questions that all of us longed to answer, I found that all four of those answers came in Christ's question number 1 that everyone throughout the whole world is asking is where did i come from how did that happen mm-hmm. question number 2 is why am i here what's the purpose how do i find meaning question number 3 is how do i live and question number 4 is what's my future look like and in christ i found an answer now my first experience with him daniel was just just the experience i just fell on his i just needed him yeah yeah But then through the years, through my last 48 years of walking with him, through study, he just kept growing deeper and deeper. What about you? How was your... your My
0: my experience, um, for me, I grew up in church. So I grew up around faith, um, but never really adopted it as my own. It was more inherited. It was something that my parents did, and it was kind of like my circle of friends did. We went to church, and so that's what we were supposed to do. And so I had a lot of this kind of had knowledge about, uh, about faith and about Jesus. Uh, But then there was kind of this crux point for me where, um, where I had to choose between my own opinion, my choices and my desires and what God had for me. And I thought I knew what was best for my life. And so Mm -hmm. I just totally abandoned what God wanted for me and following Jesus at all and kind of went and did my own thing and basically just wrecked my life for eight years. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think for me, why I believe was that Jesus, Jesus still pursued me in that, that even after the eight years that he, was, he sang, he sang a, a unique song that I had heard when I was uh, just a teenager that was specifically for my personal mm-hmm. situation that yeah. I kept repeating in my mind over and over again. And I finally was like, I've, I've been fighting you, God, and I've been losing. Yeah. And so for me, that was that point where I was like, I believe. I believe, uh, God, in your purpose and plan for my life. I believe, Jesus, that you yeah. saved me. And, and I believe that you have, a, uh, you have life abundantly for me now and also in the future. And so for me, it was uh, I was rescued by Jesus. And that's why I believe. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, that just absolutely changed me. Did you notice a a difference right away? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a, same same here. Yeah, it was was a a a complete, it was a shift. It was an absolute shift. And then it took me a little while because I was in a, I just had a a group of friends that weren't following Jesus at all. And so it took me a while to, to kind of get out of that process and to really begin to Mm -hmm. be where I am today. And that's just, that just takes time. It's just like any relationship. It just takes time to grow in that, just like you're a screw too.
1: Yeah, and I, I, and I just want to say this. There's a difference between someone who truly believes versus someone who raised their hand at some convention saying they want to get saved, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that can happen, all mm-hmm. right? But the reality is salvation comes when you fully surrender your life to Christ like I did on November 7th, 1971, and I could start crying, talking about it. He rescued me because I abandoned myself, and I said, for the rest of my life, I and yours mm-hmm. and in that salvation come it wasn't about me trying to oh, get it, get out of hell card yeah. it was about me surrendering my life to the person of jesus christ and a lot of people don't experience life change because they just wave their hand at some convention somewhere mm-hmm. try surrendering mm. try abandoning yourself to christ and i guarantee you you'll see an instant instant change That's
0: right. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so mm.
1: As you did, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's awesome. Um, so let's get to. We uh, we had a couple more questions I want to get to. Um, we have another question. This is basically uh, talking about um, young creation versus an, an old creation. It's it's kind of the a question of the difference between evolution and creationism. Um, kind of the the conflict that we can see sometimes between science and faith. Mm-hmm. And um, and so how do we how do, we, how do we teach that? How do we, uh, how do we uh, I guess, what's, what's the thing that is concrete for us in our beliefs in that? And so I think that um, for me, uh, our faith hinges on Jesus. Right. Jesus is the only one that it saves us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. And so everything that we have in our faith, Paul even said it, that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we... Should be pitied among all people, that we, uh, you know, that our faith is dead. Our faith is useless, and so, uh, and so for for us as believers, we have to we have to begin with that as the foundation. That has to be that has to be where we build our life off of, and then everything else begins to be informed by that. You know how we view the world, how we view our marriage, how we view friendships, how we view work, how we view generosity, and so when it comes to like. Uh, science and sometimes even the conflict that we have with science, and, and we could go, the one thing is that we could go on to these, these, each of these questions for a really long time, and so we're just trying to give you kind of a, a short answer here, and, and one is that I think that, that science and evolution is not necessarily an argument for the existence of God. See, there's a guy, there's a guy named Francis Collins. He actually believes in macroevolution, and he is a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he's given his, his life totally to Jesus. And he wrote this book called The Language of God. And for him, evolution was how God created everything. And God is still interworking and he's still moving in through everything. Right? And so there's, there's going to be things as, as science and technology grows. right? The window of things that we don't know becomes a little bit smaller. Right? There's always going to be the unknown. There's always going to be things we're not going to get. And there's always, you know, the knowledge of our generation is, is this compared to the knowledge of the universe, mm-hmm. right? And so there's going to be things that are going to be outside the scope of our generation's knowledge, you know, that we have to accept. We have to accept that there's going to be stuff that's going to be outside of that. But as we continue to pursue the study of God's creation, the study of nature, because that's what science is. It's observing nature, right? If yeah. we, as, we, as we observe nature, that should draw us more towards worship, not run us away from worship. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important for us to know that the the foundation of our faith is that we can have a healthy discussion with somebody who doesn't believe in the way we believe necessarily with the creation account, whether it was seven days, whether it was like ages for days, whether it's whether it was through the evolutionary process, whether God said, let there be light, and that was the Big Bang. You can have discussions like that with people, but know that our faith does not hinge on that you winning that argument. Our faith hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. And that has been documented, that has been proven. And, and so it's really important, though, for us to have these good conversations. It's good for us to explore. It's good for us to dive into science because God made science. God created all of this for his glory and to show his majesty and to show his creativity and show his wisdom. And so we shouldn't run away from those kind of things. But we also need to know that it doesn't hinge. Our faith doesn't hinge on uh, whether we're right about how it actually transpired because what we do know is we know Jesus, and we know Jesus is the Son of God, and before everything was created, that He was the Lamb, the, the Lamb, uh, the Lamb that was slain before the end of time, or before the beginning of time. Wow, I'm really butchering yeah. that one. Um, there's God, I'm getting, yeah. There's grace. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so and so that's where I think that, like, let's let's make sure that we continue to pursue the study and observation of God's creation. Absolutely. Yeah. Are we going to know it and win every argument with that? Probably not. There's going, to be, there's going to be people that have really strong, compelling evidence or arguments on both sides. But really what matters for us is that Jesus rose from the dead and now he lives
1: in and through us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, the experience of that. Yeah. Because if you're talking to someone who differs with you on an issue like that, if you're both experiencing Christ, you can differ with joy and peace, yep. embrace one another. Yep. And I was listening to a roundtable discussion, a two and a half hour one with John Piper, facilitating on eschatology in times. And he had three professors, all PhDs, all pastoring churches over 5,000, all three written several books on their topic, all three has a completely different position. And they were just having fun. And one person said at the end, I just want anybody to know, as I go up in the air, I'm, I'm open to changing my theology, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And so the issue is Jesus. It's, yeah. it's, and there are books on that topic. You can go to YouTube and watch all the messages you want. You can get books that thick on both sides of it. Have fun with that if that's a desire you have. But don't forget that it's all about Jesus as you explore all those issues.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right, so here we go. Our third question is... Uh, why did Jesus have to die to make God
1: happy? Well, well you know, I uh, I now know why Sister Sherry gave us Isaiah 53. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's, uh, if you go to Isaiah 53, uh, I, I just want to read this, Daniel, because uh, she shared that with us. I was just saying, uh, and... Um, and I, it says, Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry, dry ground. There was nothing, this is Jesus, there is nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He, Jesus, was despised and rejected. Jesus on this earth was a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised, and you and I, Dennis, we did not care. Yet, it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows, my sorrows, my weaknesses, that weighed the Messiah down. And we thought his troubles was a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for my, for Dennis, for us, put your name in there, for my rebellion. He was crushed for my sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, every one of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. I'm not necessarily like the phrase, make God happy. Mm. I like the phrase instead, God has a deep love for all of humanity. And that Jesus had to pay the price for everyone in that. The Godhead, according to Hebrews 12, found great joy. Remember it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Well, what was the joy that was set before him? The joy was us. (laughs) We were the joy. We were the joy. And so the father allowed his son pay the full price so that you and I could, number one, know him, and number two, live with him forever. And in that the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit finds great joy. Mm. They find great joy. Mm. Do you any additional thoughts on that? No,
0: I, th- I think that I think it's it's perfect, and that um, it was, you know, it was the joy set before him. I think it's just so like he he knew that this was going to happen. <coughs> it was us. It was us. We were the joy, and I think that is that's part of our story of why we believe. You know, yeah. is the yes. joy. It's yes. like it's almost like. Um, there's a. I love this verse in Ephesians uh, 4. It says that God adopted us into His family. For Ephesians 1, verse 4, and it and it gave Him great pleasure.
1: Mm.
0: You know that it pleased God that we could be a part of His family. Yeah, that's who He is. That's who the Father is and the Son, and they're united in their pursuit for us. Yeah, mm. it's all right, we're gonna, we've got a couple uh, bigger questions towards the end, so we're going to hit this next one up. Uh, I don't know if this, how this question is going to be up on the screen because it's a longer one, but I will read it. I, I'm a single mom that has raised three kids in church. However, now my boys are 16 and 18, and they don't want to come to church. They, it's always a fight or struggle. Uh, do I make them come to church and uh, resent being there or let them stay home and continue to pray for them and hope they will come around. Mm. When Pastor Daniel spoke about falling away, uh, but then eventually coming back to, to God, I thought about my kids. What okay. is your opinion on this? Dennis, yeah. what is your opinion on that?
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, I have just a great tenderness towards the mother mm-hmm. because you are, you're experiencing the pain that many of us have experienced with having a prodigal, possibly prodigal child, and, then, and it hurts. The second thing I would have to say is... is um, make sure you're taking church to them by the way you're living mm-hmm. by the experience that you're having of Christ. Yeah. You see, people can argue arguments, but you can't argue experience when they see when my when my children see me living Christ out, see me loving him with all my heart, see that passion that I have for the person of Jesus, they experience that. Yeah. You know, and so uh, we think about Christianity as what happens from ten o 'clock to eleven thirty on sunday morning it 's not mm-hmm. it 's what happens mostly from ten thirty to seven days <laughs> to the following mm-hmm. ten o 'clock okay and if you 're living that life if you 're living that life in prayer, and, and I, I tell you what uh, Brenda and I we, we experience this we know what it is to pray to pray as a matter of fact, one of the prayers that Brendan and I have. Uh, we pray often is that no descendants from our sea will leave this earth without knowing Christ. We pray that prayer often. And so, we, so that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say, and then Daniel, you can comment on this, is if you're living Jesus in front of them and you're bringing church around them, then it's, it's okay to say to your children, you know, I really want to honor God in our home and he would like us to be a part of a local church. And I really would like you to go with me, but I'm not going to force that. I'm not going to force you to do that. Mm -hmm. But this is important in my life. I think it can become important in your life. Would you trust me and follow me in this? Mm -hmm. But I don't think I would force them to do it. Daniel, what's your comments? Yeah, I think
0: just having uh, kind of personal experience with that, really um, having that weird time where (coughs) I was really, you know, falling away, uh, for lack of a better term, from my faith. And then my parents wanting to kind of engage me in that, wanting to uh, have me come to church, participate in like evening prayer and different things like that. And we would pray every night and I would go to bed before we would pray. I, would kn- I knew when it was coming up and I would intentionally make sure that I deviated from that just so uh, I didn't have to be a part of that because it was, it was, it it was, there was such a mental conflict for me. And it was a lot of guilt and shame and things that I had unreconciled that were really issues. But uh, in my personal experience, my parents I know prayed. Prayed for me. My brother did the same thing. He was five years ahead of me. It was weird. We took shifts. Like he came back to Jesus and then I left. So it was kind of uh, my poor parents. <laughs> it sure turned out. To yeah, get mom, in I know, exactly. heart like a heart It's like a relay race. And so, um, but, but yeah, it was, uh, I think for us, it's in those moments, uh, prayer is so powerful, I mean, and God has the ability to change the heart, and if you try to change the heart, you're going to control and manipulate, and you're going to push away, and uh, God is the one is, that can change the heart, and I know that's hard, and I know that's so, it's such an emotionally charged issue, because you have such great love for your kids. You have such great love for your children, and you want to, to see them grow and flourish and to experience God in amazing ways. But, you know, you can't control that. You can continue to do your role as the parent to show them Jesus, to plant the seed, you know, to water the seed, but God's the one that makes it grow, and God's the one that's going to cultivate it, and you want that for your kids. You don't want your kids to just adopt everything that you have just for what you've said, and it's just your faith that you've just implanted in them. You want them to receive it, Mm -hmm. and you want them to experience it on their own, and sometimes it just, that takes time, and sometimes it's a, it's a windy road, and it's not always yeah. as easy as it
1: seems. And, and you, will find, you will find peace in prayer mm. through where the tension will be gone. Mm. And that's when you press into prayer and talking to the Father about the situation, He will bring a peace to you that it's going to be okay. And, and I knew with absolute certainty that all five of our children were going to walk with the Lord. I knew that through prayer. I knew that. So therefore, the tension was gone hmm yeah, you know, so, yeah. All right, so, um, next one is going to be,
0: um, if you are living in continual sin, will you still go to heaven? Pastor Phil? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a good one. So, yeah, if you have a relationship with Jesus, but continue to live with the world or live in sin, will you still go to heaven? Uh, so, I think for this one, it's really good for us to define the terms um, because uh, like what just what we talked about with our faith being rooted in the resurrection of Jesus salvation and the only way to be with the father is also Jesus it's it's all Jesus Jesus did everything it's by grace that we have been saved through faith this is not of our own works so that no one can boast this is a gift from God Mm -hmm. and so it's really important for us to know that the that the entryway into heaven is Jesus. It's only Jesus, Amen. right? Yes. And so uh, when we try to make the entryway about us doing a bunch of things and making sure we avoid sin as much as possible, then we make it about us. And we make it about, you know, a list of rules that we need to follow. And, and that didn't work. I mean, it showed, even we looked at the Old Testament, that the list of rules just didn't work. It was just, it was burdensome, and it was, it was always going to, you were always mm. going to pull away against that. And, and so... And so that's why, you know, Jesus had to give us, he had to give us a new spirit. He had to, we had to be born of, of water. We had to be, have a natural birth, and then we had to have a spiritual birth because what was, what was in us was dead. Now, the whole kind of, so, so that is kind of, that's, that's how, we, how we get to heaven, right? That, that's, that's so important for us to understand. Amen. But then, uh, so what? what now, right? Because if heaven is just the goal, then that means that, immediately once we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we go straight up to heaven, right? Yeah. If, that's, if that's the whole reason why we was... accepted Jesus, was so that we could go to heaven, then that should be the process, right? But really, what God designed was that, that God would Amen. not only give us you know, give us heaven in the future, give us heaven in eternity, but he also wanted us to bring heaven here and to bring his kingdom in and through us and that we would then be an example of, of of Christ to other people by the way that we live. And, and so I, I pulled up um, uh, Romans, and I want to go in, into Romans 6, because I think this is really important. Uh, because I think when we hear that about like, the fact that salvation is through Jesus, then we think, and we probably have had this question, so if God's grace is, is free, then why can't I just keep going on and sinning, and just making my own choices, and doing whatever I want to do, right? And Paul says, well, well, then, since grace has set us free from the law, does that mean that we could go on sinning? This is uh, Romans 6, verses 15. Of course not. Don't you realize that when you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey, that you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteousness. And so I think what, um, what sin does is sin is death. Sin causes, the result of sin is death. James, would even say it this way. He says that, remember when you are being tempted, don't say, this is James 1.13, remember when you're being tempted, don't say that God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions and when the sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen.
0: When we choose sin... We lose. We lose something. You see, God's, God's, God's laws, the things that we say, the do's and don'ts, right? They're not because God wants to just, like, laugh at us because, yeah. you know, we're yes. toy soldiers following these marching orders. They're for our good. They're for our protection. Did you know that if you look at all, even the Ten Commandments, all of them are laid out in a way because if you don't do those things, you're going to hurt yourself or you're going to hurt other people. You know, they're just not, they're not arbitrary. They're not just something that's just thrown against the wall and saying, you know, I hope this sticks. That, that once we choose these things, it leads to death. It may lead to death of a relationship yeah. or a marriage. Mm-hmm. It may lead to death of your finances. It may lead to death internally to where you have so much guilt and shame that you bear that it's even hard to look in the mirror. You see, Christ came to set us free from that power, mm-hmm. to set us free yeah. from the power yeah. of sin. Because so it's not just about the destination. It's about the here and the now and experiencing and the freedom that Jesus purchased for you now because God created you to experience his goodness and his creation and his glory now. Yes, amen, amen. And when we choose to go our own way, you know, we, unfortunately, God is, gives us the freedom to choose. I mean, unfortunately, God gives us the, the freedom to choose, and that means we get consequences. And we get good consequences for good choices, and we can get bad consequences for bad choices, and, yeah. and so I, I don't want us to just kind of get so linear with, with sin when it becomes just all about getting to heaven. It's, all, it's about your life here and now. It's about experiencing life of money. It's about passing a legacy uh, that, just like you were talking about, Dennis, that your life and their, your choices are making, you want a legacy mm-hmm. to go from that your kids will experience and your grandkids, grandkids will experience. Grandkids. And that's what you want, and that's, what and that's the impact that we have. Yes. And that's the impact of the choices that we make now and in the
1: present. Dennis, did you have any? And I think underneath this is the question, can a believer lose his salvation? And and I will say this, um, because you can go on and on and on, and people on both sides of that are godly men and women who love Jesus with all their heart, who have a different perspective on that. I I want to just say this. According to 1 John, uh, just the book of 1 John, you can read it, you'll see this there's at least four things of a true believer. Number one, a true believer loves Jesus with all of his heart. You. Mm-hmm. you just do. Yeah. And you may go through a, 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 a valley, but that love is inside of you. It's, it's just there. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. <clears throat> Second thing First 1 John talks about, a, a true believer is somebody who is, when they sin, they're feeling burdened. They may get caught up in an addiction, and it may be a continual sin, but inside them... They're fighting it. Mm-hmm. They're fighting. They're feeling that. Why? Because the Spirit's in them. They're mm-hmm. born again. <clears throat> yeah. They don't just say, no, I do whatever I want, all the, you know, even though they may go through a valley, you know, but inside them, there's something going on. There's a, there's a churning inside them saying, I want to overcome this mm. if they're a true believer. Mm. Number three, a true believer loves God's people. We're not bitter and angry. And and there's at least six or seven different things. But a true believer will fight the struggle. Now, in fighting the struggle, can a believer be in continual sin? I am. Mm -hmm. I sin every day. I I do. I, I, I have this problem with I break the speed limit every day. <laughs> Anybody, you know, Now, and, and I don't mean that, but, but I struggle with materialism and greed and pride and arrogance. You know, do I know of any one specific sin that I'm choosing in my life? Uh, except for sin, I don't know. And so I think that that's why we need each other, don't you, Daniel? Yeah. That's why we need the church. That's why we need brothers, I've got six men that speak pretty boldly in my life. I've got one man for the last 22 years that I confess my sins to, and he, and he speaks very directly in, in my life. But isn't that what the church is all about? Helping and, that, and, and
0: that's how, for me, that's my, my experience and growth has been that in following Jesus is having people around you that you can talk to about these things. It says in Galatians 6 that we're supposed to bear one another's burdens, and when we do that, we fulfill the law of Christ.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That Every, that if we do that, we are following exactly what Jesus called us to do, which was to love others the way that He loved us. Mm-hmm. And so, with that, you just you do. You have to be in community, which means there's going to be confession. There's going to be times when you're struggling with things. You're going to have sin that you're going to struggle with. Paul even talks about that in, in Romans seven. He's like, I don't know who I am. I keep. I keep. I keep, uh, I keep doing the things that I don't want to do, and I want to do all of these things. I, I, I love Jesus. I want to do, I want to follow Jesus, but I keep struggling with these things. I keep wrestling with these things, and, and so that's a process, and actually, there's a really good uh, plug for the podcast here. Uh, uh, Pastor Phil talks about sanctification and the process of sanctification, so Tuesday morning, check that out. You can listen to Pastor Phil and uh, I think one more thing I wanted us to talk about, even kind of behind the roots behind some of these questions, especially with sin, is that uh, following Jesus is, is about a relationship. It's not about what, what you've done both sides, you know, in that yes. way. It's like, because like Jesus says in Matthew 7, that there were some people that came to him and they were like, hey, we casted out demons in your name, we prophesied in your name, we did all of these cool things, and Jesus is like, depart from me, I never knew you. See, yes. so it's, it's about a relationship. And so, if, yeah. if I want to have a really awesome relationship with my wife, Lainey, you know, am I just going to do the closest that I can go to, to not, you know, ruining our marriage just so I can? Like, is, am I going to, like, just skirt that line as much? Am I going to be like, you know Laney, Lainey, I love you so much. I'm just not going to cheat on you today, just so you know. I love you, sweetheart. You know, I mean, does that communicate great love to her? Is that going to be a healthy marriage? You know, and so when we ask these questions like, is this a sin, is this a sin, how close can I get to sin, uh, what we're doing is, 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 is we're, not, we're using God. We're yes. using God yes. for the destination yeah. in eternity, yeah. but what we're missing out is everything that he has for us now. Yeah. And what's really important for us to understand is that everything we do in life matters in eternity. Amen. Everything we do and the choices that we make matter. And I don't have time to go into it, but there's a really... Can I say one thing? Yes, yes.
1: yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Well, just (laughs) throw this sin. Sin is not what... The absence of sin is not what takes you to heaven. Mm. And more sin is not what takes you to hell. It's what nature you have. Your spirit's either been born again or it's not been born again. If you're still under the Adam nature, you're destined to live a life forever without God. Mm -hmm. If you've been born again and you have a new nature, the issue of sin will take care of itself because the discipline of God will pursue you if you're his child, if you're his son and daughter. The discipline of God will absolutely make you miserable Mm -hmm. until you come to a place of repentance and turning. That's what my experience. So it's what nature you have. Mm -hmm. If you've got the spirit inside, uh, he's called the uh, hound dog of heaven (laughs) for a reason because because if you join the Spirit of God to sin, He will discipline you in ways to get your attention. My experience is, first, is very gentle. But as you walk down that road, it becomes more stern because He wants to lead you and I to a place of repentance so sin is removed from our life so we can enjoy the relationship with God that we were created to enjoy. So I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Um, so yeah, we are running out of time. Unfortunately, we have more questions that came in. We didn't get a chance to get to those and those. So that's why we're going to do another podcast. And then we're also coming back next week, Pastor Phil, we have a special guest coming in that's going to continue to ask or continue to wrestle with some of these questions that we have, uh, for you asked for it. Um, but before we end everything, I would just love to just just pray over this time and um, just ask the Lord to continue to give us wisdom because we don't have all of the right answers, but uh, we, can, we can come to the source of all wisdom uh, for the questions that we have. So. Yes, thank you. Father. Um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much uh, for this day. I thank you so much for this time, uh, for the discussions that we have for God. I thank yeah. you so much that you, mm, um, you. you walk with us in our doubts. And in our, our unbelief and our disbelief and the challenges that we have in life, you walk with us. You do not rebuke us. You do not turn us away when we have questions. But God, you tenderly draw us to you because you want to give us your wisdom. You want to show us your nature. You want to give us all the things that we need for life and godliness here and now. And every good gift comes from you. And we know that, and that's your character. So help us, God, in the gaps. Help us, God, in the space in between where we're really wrestling with the questions that we have. And Lord, I just pray that you would, uh, that this would be a safe place for people to ask questions, for a safe place for people to wrestle with their faith. Uh, and God, I just pray in those moments that you would draw us deeper, deeper into your love and deeper into your plan and purpose for our life. And we ask this all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our weekly podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.